And that's how we're kicking off episode 48 of Dong City with a fuck you, Joe Boo, to get everything started as we introduce our uh, baseball bracket, goat bracket, uh, whatever you want to call it. We're doing it. Got it live. Vince Mercandetti, Austin Spiro, special guest Vicky Velasquez. Rob decided to take the day off. Fuck him. He's a guest now. <laughs> so how are we doing, fellas? What's going on? How are we doing, Vince? Oh, I'm doing well. You start off with David Palmer from 24. I'm, I'm going to be a big fan of that. So uh, excited to be here. I'm excited for everyone to join in here. This is it. The Dong City Goat Baseball Movie Bracket. And, uh, and we're ready to get started. Austin, how are you doing over there in, in rural California? Excited <laughs> to be here. Uh, well, right now my picture don't look too good. Dong City. <laughs> yeah. Austin's in rough shape early on, but we'll uh, we'll get that figured out as we move on here. Um, that, uh, that's that rural Wi-Fi, man. That shit ain't working. Yeah. <laughs> they have to spin, turn those wheels, uh, get the electricity need, flowing. Maybe we need we need like a, a life group uh, Wi-Fi network or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's next. That is next. Um, but we'll, we'll get Austin back. Let's go right into it. We will, um, go over the ground rules here. So we have 32 movies for the bracket. We are going to go through the first round of the entire tournament here tonight. Um, with Rob dropping out for the night, the fifth vote now, the deciding potential deciding vote belongs to everyone watching. So as we go through here, you guys give your official votes. We'll try and tally them up as we go along. And whatever wins, you guys count now as an entire vote. If we have a 2-2 tie, that's the movie that's moving on. So that's the first thing. Uh, we are going by seed. So you've probably seen the bracket. We've posted it. Uh, 1 verse 32, 16 verse 17, et cetera. Uh, we'll go through there. I will provide a brief synopsis of each movie as we go. Then we'll discuss it. We'll put in our votes. We'll move forward, hoping to be out of here in under two hours. We'll see how it goes. Uh, thank you for joining us. And here we go. So let's start off here. Um, we're, the number one movie in this entire tournament is Long Gone. Uh, kind of a cult movie. This really wasn't a uh, movie that I think did too great in box office or anything like that but it is ranked number one and it's ranked number one because it has a 92 rating according to fans uh on rotten tomatoes so it's the highest rated baseball movie ever to be released it is uh made in 1987 takes place in florida so i automatically like it the tampico stogies <laughs> my friend once won a tampico cornhole board to tell you how florida that is uh but it's the story of the tampico stogies a low minor league baseball team the golf close lead to be exact star player and manager stud cantrell they battle for the league championship amid corruption and racism which is going to be a big topic tonight there's a few movies that that are centered around this of the american south um, came out the same year as a different movie, or it's, I'm sorry, centered on the 1957 season, which is interestingly enough, Perfect Game, which we'll get to as well, also centered on 1957, uh, but Little League. So I found that fascinating. Anyway, that is long gone. It's going up against Fever Pitch, which was a uh, much, much different type of movie. Lindsay's stuck in the middle of her relationship with Ben, his passion for the Boston Red, and his passion for the Boston Red Sox. 
It's a Farrelly Brothers movie, Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon, two notable stars are in it. 2005 debut right after the 04 Sox break their curse. Um, so there we go. Those are the two movies. Let's start here. Ricky, why don't you start us off with your thoughts on Long Gone and Fever Pitch, and uh, and we'll go from there. Uh, you know, Long Gone, I mean, it's the number one seed. Uh, I don't know how that got that rating. I mean, it's a decent watch. I think uh, two notable quotes that I like from that movie, uh, one for this group and then just one that I think it makes sense. One thing they said, it says, losing ain't good for attendance. And for those that always like to talk about the White Sox and attendance, if you don't win, we won't go. That's the first thing I liked about that. The second <laughs> thing is, <laughs> the second thing is that they kept referring every time they're getting ready to play a game, they said, let's go knock their dongs off, you know, keeping it PG here. So because it's Dong City, touch on it, was that. A, it was a good quote, you know. I was going to touch on that. And Fever Pitch, you know, it, it's a comedy. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things for uh, big generational gaps between these two movies. Very some some laughable, you know, parts in that movie. But I mean, if we're just going round one, uh, I think for me, you know, Long Gone takes it. But uh, I don't see how this movie continues to survive, in my opinion, down down the road. Yeah, it's uh, uh, a fair take. <laughs> it's number one in the bracket. I don't think it has the clout of a number one, especially as we get to the other ones that are top four that would be number ones if these were regional. Um, Austin, our other guests here, why don't you give us your thoughts on this matchup? You guys got me. We're good. Yeah, we hear you. Go ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, so I, I kind of have the same opinion as, as Ricky long gone was a, was a pretty, was a pretty decent watch. Um, I enjoyed watching it. It's definitely not a favorite in my book. Um, you know, I felt like the storyline was kind of rushed a little bit. I did enjoy the quote, the, uh, you know, to keep it PG, let's, uh, let's go knock their dongs off. I thought that was, uh, that was pretty funny. Um, but I don't think it's a number. I don't understand why it's a number one seed uh, fever pitch. It's a good watch if, you know, you're looking for some kind of lighthearted, you know, comedy. Um, it's not going to blow anybody away at the box office or anything like that. I, I think I agree with Ricky in this case. Neither one of them were, you know, super great. But out of the two, I would pick Hong Kong. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a fair take. I, for me personally, uh, I agree with you. I mean, Long Gone really just didn't impressed me very much the topic at no fault of its own it came out in 1987 it's not a topic that's really that unique and and i think other movies did this kind of plot better where there's some sort of bribery on the verge of a pen and cantrell the manager is told throwing the big game would give a substantial boost to his second career well we see that in another movie in this tournament eight men out and we see the racism in 42 and some and a few other movies so to me, it, it's a master of none. And it's going up against Fever Pitch. Look, I'll say this. I'm a, a, as big a Yankee fan as it comes. I thought Fever Pitch was enjoyable. <laughs> That's what I'll say. It's a romantic comedy. You know, the ceiling's only so high with that type of movie. I found it in, enjoyable. I hate the ending. I'd never watch it again. But I thought the movie was enjoyable. It's a movie you can watch on a date and whatever. Um, that said, first round, one verse 32. Fever Pitch isn't this great of a movie that I would take it over what was a well-made movie in Long Gone. So I, I would take Long Gone, although I think that gap between 1 and 32 is much closer than the seating. 
What do you think, Henry? You are muted, Henry. I said, I think you guys are being kind. I'm going to come out and say it. That shit sucked. <laughs> right? That shit was trash. It was more of a, it was a better drama movie than it was a baseball movie. And I like Ricky, the, the best thing in the movie was the dong reference to come with the show. And, and to your point about attendance, Ricky, Austin and the Angels prove you ain't got to win to have fans come out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I'm with Vince. I actually enjoyed Fever Pitch. I thought it was, yeah, it's a corny rom com. It's what it is. One thing I did notice looking at this bracket a few times is I guess it sucks because you have comedies going against dramas and rom coms going against, you know, it, it's kind of all over the place that way. I know we, we did it based on the, uh, the scores. Um, but yeah, I mean, long gone, I, I guess for historical reference, we have to give it its respect, but that shit ain't going far in this tournament. Let's uh, let's go to, by the way, just to put it in perspective, Fever Pitch ranked out with a 60 overall. Long gone was a 92. So 32% here was the separation. Let's take a vote, an official vote. Will this, which one will move on? Uh, I will officially cast my vote sort of begrudgingly for long gone here. Going to respect the the uh, number one here, uh, Ricky. What is your official vote? Yeah, I, I've got to give it to Long Gone. Fair enough. Uh, that's two. Austin, what's your vote? Uh, same thing. Begrudgingly, Long Gone. Okay. Well, Henry, your vote no longer matters. So, <laughs> what do you what do you vote anyway? I feel like voting for Fever Pitch just because, but you know. I, I'll I'll just I'll say long gone just to go with everyone else and then shit was trash. You know I will say this: this is actually going to come into a super super close vote. If you look at the crowd, the crowd feedback, Fever Pitch wins. So the, we have officially th three two final vote there. Listen to me. If there's one thing we've established going back to 2017, is baseball life has the smartest baseball fans. Oh yeah, they know. They agree with me that long gone fucking sucked as a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we get to this next matchup, maybe long gone will uh, will be long gone <laughs> before soon. So let's. So officially, Henry, you can update the uh, the bracket. We are yeah. moving long gone forward. I already did. Uh, I'll share the screen for the next matchup and then come back to our pretty faces. Okay. So first one is in the books. Uh, thank you to everyone who voted on, on Fever Pitch. You lose this one, but we will, we will we'll see for this next one. <laughs> I think that's fair. Um, so, hold on, Vince, one second. So I think we would just compare Long Gone to the Houston Astros and just put an asterisk by this. Is this is what we're saying? That's fair, yeah. I'm with it. I got you. Around, one round courtesy for being number one. <laughs> That's what you get. Um, yeah, uh, this is that's your Cinderella bracket right off the bat. I can tell you that much. But uh, the next matchup is the complete opposite in that it's a 16 versus 17. You couldn't get closer in the fan votes. In fact, as we go into the rankings here, Ford Love of the Game was ranked 75, Take Me Out to the Ball Game was ranked 70. Uh, as far as movie plots go, they, again, this is like as as different as you can get. For the love of the game, 19 years of playing the game, he's loved his whole life. Detroit Pit Tigers pitcher, played by Kevin Costner. Billy Chappell has to decide if he's going to risk everything and put everything out there. Uh, kind of a 
cryptic tagline, if you will, but the gist of the story of this movie came out in 1999. Kevin Costner, Kelly Preston, John C. Riley, J.K. Simmons, and a cameo by Vin Scully. It's a pretty star-studded cast. Uh, and it's going to be to Take Me Out to the Ball Game, another one of those movies that really highly rated, not really well known. In 1908, a fictional baseball team, the Chicago Wolves, so almost yours, Ricky, uh, start the season on the road against Washington Senators. Later, the Sox, Athletics, Indians, all AL teams, two of its players, Eddie O'Brien, Dennis Ryan, who's played by Frank Sinatra. Um, they're part-time vaudevillains. That doesn't even matter in modern-day life. The ball club status quo is turned on its head when the team winds up under new ownership. So here's the one thing I took away from this plot. The new ownership is a woman. Major League was heavily influenced by this plot. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same plot. Major League stole it. They made it into a comedy. That's my takeaway there. Let's talk about it. Um, Henry, why don't you start us off? Give me your thoughts on these two movies. I'm going to agree with everything you just said with the Major League taking their plot because they really did. Um, <clears throat> For the Love of the Game is one of those classic movies. I was kind of disappointed that it, it was a 16 ranking. Um, I'm just going to lean toward that. Take Me Out to the Ball Game was okay. Wasn't crazy. I'm trying to find the right words not to sound. We're in different times, so I got to be careful here. No Let's geriatric. Come on, say it. It's, it's, it's old, right? Like no, it no, came no. off old. So it definitely came off old, but the best part of the movie was 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 Esther Williams. I mean... <laughs> It's the best part of most movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, Frank is Frank. You know, he has his own charm. But other than that, it was just, it felt like a, a Frank Sinatra, Jerry Lewis type movie, if you know what I mean. That feel to it. Yeah. Um, again, doesn't feel like a baseball movie. You, did you feel like you're like not invited into that club? Is it like that kind of vibe? Uh, growing up Puerto Rican in the Bronx wouldn't be the first time, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's kind of the, the vibe that I'm getting from you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, yeah. Again, I, I, at first I was thinking maybe the older movies didn't resonate with me, but some of the older movies did. So I just think Long Gone and this one was just meh to me. Yeah, that's fair. Austin, what do you think? Um, well, to be honest, I, I agree with uh, Henry in that... Um, you know, they're, they're, it, take, what am I trying to say? Uh, take me out to the ball game. Yeah, it's a typical Frank Sinatra movie. I didn't feel like it was a baseball movie. I felt it was more leaning towards like a musical type of movie. And they just wanted, Frank Sinatra just wanted to sing a little more. Um, <laughs> there's also um, a special place in my heart for the love of the game. So I'm seeing in the comments here, uh, Renee has said that uh, for the love of the game needs to be higher. And I wholeheartedly agree. Um, I was shocked to hear at the unveiling that it was only uh, 16. 16. Yeah. I feel like for the love of game is a much better movie. That's one of those movies that I always, I always love to watch. And if it's on, I'm turning it on because it's a good movie. Um, so I, I love Kevin Costner in it. I love that they intertwined baseball with a different story, but it was still, it still felt like a baseball movie. Take me out to the ball game does not feel like a baseball movie. So great. I should remind everyone, by the way, it is a 16 speed, which seems like kind of shit. Um, but we did have 48 movies originally in this. So 16 is actually in, you know, the end of the top third. It's not like it's a completely terrible ranking. Like this isn't a 16 seed up against a one. It's just 16th overall, just to clarify. I do agree. It's still low. 
Um, so just so, just so everybody knows, that's Vince being Vince. That's Vince giving you a reason why the way he seated it is justifiable in a very Vince way. I'm seeing a lot of, I can't believe it's a 16 seed. I just want you all to know that it's 16th overall out of every movie ever made that relates to baseball. It's not that awful. If, um, if Vince's answer was a Facebook post, it would be, you know, see more with the dots at the end. And you're just... I have a lot more thoughts on my seating, but I'll leave it at that. Henry, what do you think of this matchup? I went first. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. Ricky. <laughs> uh, we're, we're already going down a dark path in this. Not, not in all this. big Latinos yeah. looking like, yeah, man. Come on. Uh, he's got the Clemente hat. You have the Puerto Rican hat. I mean, Damn, I can't. Man. We got no, you have a red shirt. I'm not going to be able to tell the difference. So it's just. <laughs> it is a Clemente shirt. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, you're confusing me. Ricky, you can flag somewhere here. But, you know, listen, I'm the old guy in the room, and that old movie, uh, it was still old to me. So, yeah, I passed on that. But, uh, you know, for the love of the game, to me, is one of those classics. And you get the real feel with, with Scully. Uh, announcing the games. It's not like a cameo. I mean, he comes out throughout the whole movie and he, he's calling the game. Um, um, it, the baseball seems kind of real. Uh, the relationships built in there through friendships and, and baseball, you could kind of see it. The storytelling was was decent. It kind of got a little um, lost a little bit in the romance part for a little bit. But for the most part, I think it's a good movie. And uh, to me, if I'll give you my vote right now. I think for the love of the game um, moves on with a strong what a strong vote for me. All right, we've got one for For the Love of the Game. I mean, my thoughts on this, you guys pretty much summed it up really well. Um, I, you know, look, some things that are old are still really good, and they've stuck around for a while because they're really good. I, take me out to the ball game to me, has just been – it's it's just too old. It, it's just – it's not as good as things that have come since. I love Frank Sinatra. Uh, I think I have to, by law, being from New Jersey and Italian – but, um, you know, he's, he's not enough to make that difference to me. And for love of the game is really like, if you want a, a feel for baseball, if you're introducing someone to baseball, that is a movie to show them. You're going to get all of the vibes, all of the rituals, all of the customs. Um, and of course, Kevin Costner's like some sort of goat status as far as being in baseball movies. And that might be his best acting job in any of them. Yeah, so, he's the number one. He's the number one actor in baseball movies. I think he's in three of these, and um, yeah. that are actually in here. So he's the most. He's basically got his own Rushmore of baseball movies. So you have to respect yeah. that. My official vote. I'm with you, Ricky, uh, and also with us is the entire crowd. I mean, this is an absolute pounding in the comments section. They all love for the love of the game, which really gives me vibes as far as what's going to happen in the long gone in the next round next week. Yep. But mm -hmm. uh, we're at three zero. Henry and Austin, what are your official votes? Man, fuck that movie. I'm going with For the Love of the Game. That's for <laughs> Clean Sweep, Austin? Yeah, Clean Sweep. I mean, it's no question. For the Love of the Game blows it out of the water. For the Love of the Game is like baseball meets the bodyguard. I also want to add at this point, Omar Cornelius is listening from Australia, which is probably the coolest so thing since Dong City started. So thank you for watching us all the way across the world and for participating. And thank you to the comment section. You're on the right side of history this time. Take me out to the ball game uh, has lost to for love of the game, which is moving on as a 16 overall seed, not 16 in the region. It takes out 17.
That is, um, by the way, that's like the fourth, fifth country check-in on Dong City so far. Yeah, we are. We're, we're diversifying for sure. Um, I'm gonna have Australia saying "suck my dick" in no time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna learn that term like within 40 minutes. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm bringing the Australian fan club. You know, we got Hendrix, baby. So I'm bringing those people over. Hey, <laughs> you got to keep that excitement. So here we go on to the next matchup, which I love these matchups for various reasons. 42 up against Million Dollar Arm. Uh, I would consider this our first blockbuster matchup. And 42, I think we all know the plot of, that is basically a biopic on Jackie Robinson starring Chadwick Boseman before he became really Chadwick Boseman and obviously rest in peace as he is now a passed away Chadwick Boseman. But that was one of his first big lead roles. Um, Jackie random, Robinson. Super random, but Chadwick Boseman did win a Golden Globe last night. Thank you. Yep. So adding adding on, uh, pulling a little Heath Ledger there, winning awards after he has passed away. Um, this is, I mean, it, you know, it's Jackie Robinson. So I think most of us are baseball fans watching and, and in here, obviously. Um, you're going to experience the visceral racism that Jackie Robinson had to go through in his loss in his Brooklyn Dodger days. Um, you're taking through his career, the pressure he faced as he, you know, is breaking the color barrier in major league baseball going up against a Disney movie, million dollar arm starring John Hamm. So couldn't get whiter than that as a counter. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's about, this is a story that I remember in real life. And that was that they gave basically a tryout. Of course, it's the Pittsburgh pirates who end up in the end selecting these two guys, but basically two Indian pitchers who get, a contract join the Pirates organization based on open tryouts as pitchers. Um, so it's the, it's the story of that. You can tell that I am now going to half-ass the plots going forward. That was my first attempt at it. So let's get into it here. Um, who wants to start as far as compare? They're two very tough movies to compare, but let's, let's hear your guys' thoughts on Million Dollar Arm and 42. Well, let me just start by saying this. The Pirates are still uh looking for pitching so if anybody wants to try out uh spring training is going on right now uh you can still try out for the pirates um 42 i mean it's a historical you know going up against a movie like 42 with the historical uh connotation mm -hmm. that it holds um you got to really come with a good one in the first round and take out 42 so i'm not going to hold up people i'm going 42 right off the bat there's my vote um yeah, it, it was a good role um, played by by Chad. He did a good job of that. I'm I'm, I'm done with that. Fair enough, Henry. What are your thoughts? So, Million Dollar Arm is one of those underrated movies to me. I actually really enjoyed that movie when it first came out. I said this is a really good movie. I think I posted about it in Baseball Life a couple times. Um, two things bothered me about the movie: we didn't get enough of the Indian actors because I thought what you did get was really good from them. And I mean, the plot about the white savior, and I know that's just what it is, but that just, that always kind of irks me. Um, I did laugh at the pirates being the pirates. That seems just like them going to a third world country to pick talent for cheap. That's just a very pirates thing to do. Um, <laughs> but, but 42 is, is a movie that will, you know, stand the test of time. It's not just a baseball movie. It's a historical movie. It's a great movie. <clears throat> Chadwick Boseman was in that movie before, like you said, before he really blew up and he did an amazing job. He 
actually outshined the movie. Like his acting was so good in that movie, he outshined everything that the story was supposed to tell you. He was that good. With that said, I won't even hold my vote 42 by a mile here. Awesome. What are your thoughts before I close it out here? No, awesome. Um, there he so goes. I think he said 42. I think that's auto. I think that's auto tune for 42. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we. So now we I'm can gonna, see you. I, I'm gonna need um the guys in the comment section to do me a favor because Austin is freezing in these really hysterical poses every time. I'm going to need screenshots of this shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like freezing at the perfect time. So I need some screenshots, but go ahead, Vince. We'll see. You guys got me? Yeah, you're you're back. Give give us your thoughts. Okay, so really quick. um, I liked both movies. Um, and before I give my take here, just so you all know, the Austin Spiro is a lie for you in the comments. I'm Cole Calhoun. Um, I actually liked I actually liked Million Dollar Arm a little bit more than 42, and here's why. They're great movies. Both of them are. I felt like, in my opinion, 42 is a little too glorified it spends a lot of moments just glorifying the moment and i feel like it was for me it was too much while i don't really care for the you know the fact that jb bernstein is the is the savior of the indian players and um i don't really care for that plot i felt like 42 was it was too over glorified chadwick boseman may he rest in peace is a great jackie robinson harrison ford does a great branch ricky but I think the movie overall, it's too glorifying and it was just too much for me. So in my opinion, Million Dollar Arm just edges 42. Again, my name is Cole Calhoun, not Austin Spirit. <laughs> that is, uh, that, that, that's fair. I, I, my thoughts on this, I loved 42. Um, I had Chadwick Boseman really in hindsight, one of my favorite actors only because I've shared my stories, my story in pop culture life. When I watched Black Panther, it like opened up something inside of me. I was watching it next to a little African-American kid and seeing his reaction when he's watching this movie, it meant something to me more than me watching the movie. And I, with 42, not only did I feel that way, you know, from a racial standpoint, but uh, I saw that movie in the theaters with my wife, who is not, you know, she doesn't really follow baseball at all. She loved that movie loved the plot didn't know anything really about Jackie Robinson it like opened her eyes and that was really that like that's what you want out of a movie to me is that that opened a totally different perspective in my mind I never would have had um I personally liked 42 I do agree with you Austin I think that the movie itself had some problems I don't think it was a perfect execution of what it could have been for for something as powerful as Jackie Robinson but in this case I'm going to take it over um million dollar arm million dollar arm Look, it's a cookie cutter Disney movie. It's based on real story, which is uh, bonus points for me. Um, the real story is impressive, but it, <laughs> there's nothing that sticks out that makes it amazing to me. So in that case, I'm just going to take the plot, like the actual real life plots, if you compare them. Jackie Robinson's like up here and Million Dollar Arm isn't. So for me, that's how I'm making my decision. But I do not fault you at all for your opinion of the movie itself. 
Um, but I'm going with 42. It looks like the crowd is also agreeing yeah. with 42. There were a couple of, uh, of opposing votes, but for the most part, majority goes 42. It's going to advance four to one. Um, for so shit, for shits and giggles, I changed uh, Austin's name. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, was... <laughs> <laughs> Not fair. <laughs> but um, by the way, for anyone wondering, 42 was the eight overall. Was the eight overall seed at an eighty-five? Did just notice that I was like, "The hell!" <laughs> I'm like, "You spelled Cole Calhoun wrong," and then I realized what you did. Um, Forty-two got an eighty-five, and um, million-dollar arm got a sixty-eight. So, not I, I, too I, I was, I'll say again, million-dollar arm was very underrated, though. Yeah, and I think I'm going to do a complete 180 with you when we get to this next movie matchup um, because I have a feeling as to how it's going to go and I have thoughts on that, but we're doing Major League up against It Happens Every Spring. I'm going to preface this matchup by saying in every bracket I've ever done, every poll I've ever done about baseball movies, Major League just seems to steamroll everything. And it's a very entertaining movie, and we'll get into that in a second. The plot of it, by the way, as we established, is a ripoff of, of a former movie. But basically, you have former Vegas showgirl Rachel Phelps inherits the Cleveland Indians from her deceased husband. She basically wants to sabotage them so they could relocate to Miami. The team kind of rallies behind that, starts winning inexplicably. And it's just, it's a comedy. And it's a very, very good comedy. Also does a great job of showing, you know, kind of the baseball fraternity, if you will. Um, it happens every spring in my mind is probably going to be a victim to people having never heard of it, but I was actually forced to watch it as a child. And it's about a college professor working on a long-term science scientific experiment. When a baseball comes through his window, destroying all of the glassware and spilling his fluids, uh, basically destroyed his lab. The pooled fluids happen to combine to form a chemical, which then covers a large portion of the baseball. And what he long story short, what he discovers is this chemical, um, opposes it's repelled by wood <laughs> so he ends up being a major league pitcher with this substance and it's since it avoids wood he becomes like a, a big time pitcher for the cardinals of course because cheating and um and, and that's what we have so they they make a pennant run with this scientist scientist turned baseball player anyway that said that's my preface for this had to throw it out there let's get to the thoughts here um Henry, let's, let's go to you. For whatever reason, I feel like you're going to have a strong opinion on this. Uh, give me your thoughts on these two. So I watched It Happens Every Spring a long time ago, and I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was underrated. I think that if you really sit back, that's where Spider-Man got his plot from. Um, but that movie was really cool. But Major League is a cult classic. And I yeah, get yeah. the idea of going against it because it's the popular kid it is the popular kid for various reasons. Major League is probably the go. It's a comedy. It's funny. It's a good baseball movie. People shit it on the Yankees in the movie. Jack Parkman. There's just so many things, so many quotables, so many little tidbits in Major League. It's just, it's just too much. It's too big of a heavyweight Major League here for me. Okay, that's one. I'm going to check out the comments section. Austin, why don't you give us your thoughts? So I, I, I watched It Happens Every Spring a long time ago, too. And then, you know, I was brushing up on it. And, you know, with the movies that I've seen, um, I'm going to give you 
do a comp for it happens every spring has anybody ever watched the disney movie flubber yes like that is what yeah that's what it happens every spring reminds me of is a baseball version of the movie flubber um and i don't know i mean major league i mean we all know major league it's major league it is a funny movie it is a great movie to watch great baseball movie i will sit down and watch that at any time um and for me it was like major league versus i mean it's not even yeah that's by the way before we get to ricky your major league scored in 84 and uh it happens every spring of 68 so i'm not saying it happens every spring should be a favorite (laughs) by any means but uh just super funny there's so many great Ricky, why don't you give us your thoughts here? Yeah, listen, this is one that I have to be honest with. Um, I, I, some of these movies I didn't get, well, on the list, I didn't have watch them. And this is one of them that I didn't watch. I didn't have time to watch it. When I knew it was up against uh, Major League, there was just no sense in watching it because That's I knew fair. it wasn't going to win anyway. <laughs> um, and so, you know, like like everybody says, Major League is one of those quotable uh, movies. You got some great uh, cameos in there. You got some um, you know, you got Euchre in there, um, always cracking, cracking you up with the, you know, uh, with the play by play. He's got his fifth next to him because he knows that the pain's there. You got to love the three Indian guys rallying the drums in the outfield, always trying to, you know, the diehards. You always got to yeah. cover those diehards, you know, in the movie and, and just to see it all come, come to pass. And you got the voodoo king there. And I think we're, uh, you know, we, it, there's just so many things to like about this, but I think to me, this movie is a little overhyped by the media. I mean, um, I watched it uh, again, just to make sure like for the 17th time, just to make sure that it lived up to it. It still lives up to it. This is the first time I'll introduce the term rewatchable into this. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is the ultimate rewatchable baseball movie. Obviously, it makes baseball fun, which modern day we could use a little bit more of. So I, I praise it for that. It's got Ryan Stiles in it randomly. It's got uh, Charlie Sheen before he went crazy. Um, and as you mentioned, it's got Bob Eaker. So it's got, a, it's got a great recipe to go far in this tournament. I'm going to take it over. It happens every spring. But I will suggest people go out and watch It Happens Every Spring. It's a really nice kind of under-the-radar baseball movie. Before Charlie Sheen went crazy, dude, you know how much coke he did during this movie, I bet. Yeah, well, I'm not saying he had his brain cells at that point, but uh, cocaine and hookers together, cocaine and hookers were part of this movie, I guarantee you. Enough for two and a half men. Uh (laughs) I always wonder, by the way, on a side tangent with Charlie Sheen in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when he's playing like the drug addict, do you think he was actually like, was that just his appearance at that point, or do you think that that was makeup? In hindsight, is probably how he was. Yeah, I think so too. That's my conspiracy on Charlie Sheen for the for the day. Um, yeah, Major League just that's going to move on. Crowd also, judging by the incessant quotes in the comment section, are also voting for Major League. So I told you, man, the, the amount of quotables are just insane in this. It's movie. a very quotable movie for sure. Have no marbles. <laughs> so uh oh KFC, and it's got David Palmer like dude, I said the, K, the KFC chicken come on man. <laughs> yeah. um and we're gonna stay right there on the major league wagon because our next matchup in this bracket is uh no I guess we're we'll go yeah we'll go we'll just go straight down the line here um this is 
it's a it's a four verse 29 but it's going to be i think two of the most popular movies it's a shame they have to face off in the first round that is sandlot versus major league two i almost don't want to give movie plots for this because if you haven't seen either of them i don't know why you you follow baseball they're both absolute classics major league two obviously the sequel to major league one uh tom berenger again charlie sheen 1994 release um Look, it, it's the same general. It, it's the team coming together against exterior forces. Um, again, a comedy. Some will argue it might be better than the first one. And that's the gist of it. And it's going up against Sandlot, which was the number four. Sandlot had an overall score of 89, which was, again, the fourth best. Major League Two, by the way, got kind of panned in Rotten Tomatoes. Um which shocked me. It had to make it in our play-in at a 45 overall rating. So on paper, this is not close. I think it's going to be a lot closer when we actually break it down. But Sandlot is like the quintessential coming-of-age slash baseball movie slash golden age of baseball in the 1950s. Um, it's got a, di- a remarkably diverse cast, <laughs> which I, I give points to. Uh, basically, it's just about the summer of 1962 with a bunch of kids playing in the Sandlot. I, I mean, we've all seen the movie, I'm sure. Let's kick it off here. Uh, Ricky, why don't you start us off? Listen, uh, you know, The Sandlot to me is is one of my favorite, you know, baseball movies. It's something about when you put kids in a movie and the innocence of, of kids falling in love with the game of baseball, um, it, it's just something that that hits home with me. You know, that that's the that's the way I grew up on the East Coast was playing that Sandlot baseball. Um, so you know, we didn't do a lot of video games when I was growing up. Video games didn't exist. It was going outside and playing, playing games. So getting together with your friends and, and, and all the stories and going to the local swimming pool. I can relate to this movie heavy. Major League Two is a sequel. When you get into, you know, sequels, it's a lot of the same things. You get an opportunity to make some things right. But at the end of the day, it's just a story that continues to carry on. More comedy, likable movie, enjoyable movie. But when it comes up against Sandlot, uh, to me, this is, you know, my favorite. So I, I really enjoyed uh, both movies, but I, I got to give the edge to Sandlot here. Okay. Austin? Okay. So Major League Two, I mean, you, I mean, it's... It's very obvious. Usually in Major League, it's good as is the original i think major league two is okay got me well you're you're breaking up there um so we'll, we'll come back to you why don't we go over to you henry you're killing me smalls come on come <laughs> on man <clears throat> did look these two shouldn't go against one another major league two i think would be better if it wasn't a sequel I think because it was a sequel, it tried too hard to replicate everything you had in Major League One. Some of it comes off as corny, um, cheesy. What really did it for me is I'm a big Omar Epps guy, but Wesley Snipes was much better in in Major League One than Omar Uh Epps in Major League Two. And I'm a big Omar Epps guy. So when I saw that, that kind of, that rocked me a little bit, but The Sandlot is is an all-time classic and... I don't, there's not a lot of movies that are going to be able to beat this. So Sandlot has my vote here. Yeah, it's, uh, whew, 
how do I go about this? Uh, Sandlot has every element <laughs> of a baseball movie you could ever want. I mean, it even has James Earl Jones randomly. Like, uh, <laughs> that wasn't even necessary to have him in that role, but he was. Obviously, Babe Ruth being glorified in here is going to score major points with me. So I love, I love that whole instance, and it makes sense. Obviously, your kids in the 50s, that's your guy. Um, Yankee fans, Benny the Jet goes on to play in the majors. That's a great you know, tie-in there. Um, it's, it's got the coming-of-age element. And really, I think it ages even better as time goes on for baseball fans to go back and watch. Um, it just it has everything working. It, it, it's got every pitch working for it. Um, Major League Two, very funny. I actually do like it better than Major League One, but I do, you know, Major League's going to have its representation throughout this tournament with the one we just voted in. So I have no problem picking Sandlot over it. Uh, I think it was a better movie. I think it's a more relatable movie. I think it's a better baseball movie. So it's got my vote. The crowd seems to be, this was a little bit of a mix, but I think they're leaning Sandlot. So we're going to, we're going to go with Sandlot there. And uh, Austin, did, did you want to throw out your final vote there? You guys got me? We good? Yep. yep. Okay. So, I mean, just really quick, Major League Two, I mean, obviously, you know, it, it, it's a good movie. Usually sequels are not as good as the original. I think that's the case here. I don't know if it's already been said before. I felt like they tried to do too much with it. Um, so, you know, there's some funny parts. There's some that it doesn't come off as horny. Uh, it doesn't come off as funny. It comes off as corny. Sandlot is my all-time favorite baseball movie. Um, I was born in 1995, so that was when the lawyers took over and ruined the whole world, and the woods are a dangerous place now. Um, so I couldn't grow up with Sandlot baseball, um, but I really wish I did, and Sandlot is the movie that made me really wish that I did grow up in that era. Um, so Sandlot's got my vote. All right, Sandlot moving on. I had a feeling that was going to happen. Um, well, carry long gun with major league too. Um, throw that out there. That's surprising. Um, but I, again, they, those were two, that was a juggernaut matchup, but, uh, Sandlot survives. It's going to bring into a much, much less heralded matchup, although maybe it shouldn't be. And that's the perfect game against sugar, sugar, the 13 here at the perfect game, 20 In case you're wondering how those ranked out sugar had an 80, uh, it had a 92 critic score though. And Perfect Game was a 70 at a 57 critic score. So I found that interesting just in that critics liked Perfect Game less than fans and critics liked Sugar more than fans. Uh, don't know if that means anything. Found it fascinating. These are the things that happen when you put together a movie bracket. And uh, these, so this is the matchup. Uh, Sugar, 2008 film. So, you know, not talking too long ago. Um, it revolves around Miguel Sugar Santos. Basically his journey from the Dominican, I believe, to yeah, yep. trying to make it in the majors. Yeah, I'm spitballing here. So I did. this is one of the movies I did not see. Um, so you guys can kind of guide me through here. But it's basically his journey into the major leagues and um, basically the toll that it takes on him. Is that fair to say? Very much so. Okay. And Ricky, then we've got... Let, I'll let Ricky go. Okay, well, let me get into the perfect game here too, and then we'll go back to you, Ricky. The perfect game... Uh, follows the Monterey, Mexico, 1957 Little League team, their journey from starting out in Mexico to basically upsetting everyone in the Little League World Series in 1957. They were the first international team to ever win the Little League World Series, and they did it via perfect game in the championship. So 
I actually had to look up to make sure that was a true story. It is. <laughs> and that, yeah, yeah. that is how cool. amazing that movie was to me. So Ricky, we'll go to you. Um, let's kick it off here. Your thoughts on Sugar and the Perfect Game. Yeah, so um, both were great movies. Um, two different movies. I think Sugar is that type of movie for the baseball purist. I mean, if you want to see the grind, uh, what it takes, um, especially from somebody from the outside, from, uh, you know, like Dominican Republic, some of these different places that come to try to play Major League Baseball. And it's a whole new world for them going into, you know, single A baseball, not knowing the language, not knowing and understanding the culture. It's just a great journey. Um, two quotable things from that movie. One I'll say in Spanish, and, and the thing that the, he tells him is, la vida te da muchas oportunidades, pero la pelota solamente te da una. And what that means is that in life, you'll have many opportunities, but in baseball, you only get one. You got all these people that are waiting to take your spot. So if you get hurt or you don't play, you're probably not going to make it in, in, in the show. And so it follows the story of this young kid who, who really wants to make it. But when, you, you know, when he gets down to it, he's got anger issues. He's frustrated. And the other one, I had to look up to see if it was true as well. Because that movie, actually, that team that played in the finals was from Bridgeport, Connecticut. I lived in Bridgeport, Connecticut back in the day. And so I was like, hold on a second. This is a time I was playing baseball. Let me see if I, uh, <laughs> if I knew somebody's players. But there was a couple, a couple years ahead of me. But at the same time, this, uh, that was a pretty, pretty uh, interesting movie. It felt more like it was a made-up story. But uh, to me, it was um, uh, it was a true story, and, and it came out and played good. So, but I'm gonna hold my reservation to the end to, to announce who I'm gonna go with. Henry, what are your thoughts? Um, the Perfect Game is actually pretty underrated. It's actually a really good movie. Um, the best part about it to me is you get to see Cheech Marin not smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, and he's also in clergy, which makes it yeah, funnier. Yeah. So it's like that. That had to get some taken used to. Um, but I think Sugar is one of the best baseball movies I've ever seen. Um, it just hits hard. It hits through all the shit that a minor leaguer goes through, um, getting paid peanuts, traveling like shit, getting shitted on, being treated like shit. Um, it goes through the trials and tribulations of coming to this country, not knowing English, where English is your second language and having to deal with the cultural barriers as well as, you know, the, the athletic barriers. And, and that movie to me was just absolutely amazing. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but no. it felt like about as real as a movie about a minor league player coming over from another country as you can possibly get. Um, that to me, that movie was just phenomenal. So I'm, I'm a sugar dude. Hey, no homo. Yeah, I um. So, like I said, I didn't. I haven't seen all of Sugar. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's remarkably hard to find. Um, but I I love that kind of story, and I researched the plot heavily. Um, you know, it's the ultimate story about how baseball works, how hard it is. It's so much harder <laughs> than other sports. You know, you are coming a lot of times from a country where you just have nothing, and you're trying to get through several levels of competition just to make it and then even then your job's really never safe unless you're in an elite of the elite type of player so I love that concept now the perfect game here's my thoughts on it the first it's it's like a two-hour movie the first hour of it did not really do much for me it was mostly in Mexico and kind of establishing how the team forms 
Um, I felt like it was lacking a lot in that in that regard. The second hour, though, is incredible. Once they get into the Little League World Series, uh, very gripping. There's a father-son thing. I feel like that always scores a million points for me in baseball movies when there's a father-son plot involved. Uh, there's a love story involved. It's obviously kids. There's a few different movies in this tournament with kids being you know, the centralized characters. Um, my one major beef with the perfect game is that the action shots are god-awful in that movie. I don't know what it is about it. All of them are very short. I don't know if the, the actors just couldn't perform what they were asking or whatever it was, but there's just, re it drove me nuts. Um, the plot itself, though, is great. It's a, it's a quintessential Little League type story. I was totally gripped by it. I'll go, with, uh, I'll go with that as my choice, even though I feel like I know how this is going to end. Um, but I'll, I'll throw out a vote for the perfect game. Um, just an incredible, incredible actual real-life story. Austin, what are your thoughts? No, we don't have an Austin here. I don't think it matters for this matchup. Uh, well, actually, no, Ricky, you haven't thrown out your vote yet. I, I haven't thrown out my vote. And I'm going to say, when I came into, uh, I wanted to hear the dialogue around this. So I, I, I kind of said in our pregame meeting, uh, there was something about the movie Sugar that, that kind of turned me off. But um, one of the questions I was asked uh, in a dialogue, he was asked who was his favorite player growing up, and he said Robinson Cano. Didn't have a problem with that. And then when the kid told him, who's yours, he said Roberto Clemente. And the guy said, who? And as soon as he said who, I was like, oh, this movie's losing. It doesn't even matter. But he does, <laughs> it has a nice little comeback at the end where the kid gives him a Roberto Clemente book. He ends up reading it, and at the end they ask him again, who's your favorite player? And he says, Roberto Clemente. I'm rocking the Clemente. I'm rocking with Sugar. It is an awesome watch. It's not going to be a, a movie full of laughs. It's not going to be one of those things. But if you want to get into the grind of baseball and how to make it to the show, that's a, that's a watch. And to me, Sugar gets the nod there. I should throw this out there before we get back to Austin. One of the things I thought was really neat about the perfect game is that Cool Papa Bell really was the groundskeeper. <laughs> and that uh, there's a scene in the movie where the American kids basically like disregard him as this groundskeeper. No one actually knows who he is. Uh, and the Mexican kids actually learn the picture that they're facing is tipping his pitches because cool Papa Bell tells them and he was the groundskeeper. Yeah, That's so freaking cool that I don't even know what to do with that information, but it had to be said here. Uh, Austin, I'll try again. This is a tight vote, by the way. Even in the comment section, throw your official votes out in the comment sections. I think we're tied right now. Austin, what are your thoughts? You guys got me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So um, I had seen Perfect Game um, when it came out in the theaters. Um, I agree. I thought it was really weird seeing Cheech Marin not smoking weed and also a clergyman. Um, that was really odd to watch. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, I watched the perfect game in theaters and forgot. That's how much it really <laughs> resonated with me. I forgot that I had watched it. I looked it up and was like, oh, yeah, that movie. Um, it didn't really do anything for me. I thought, you know, I feel like it did not do the actual true story justice. Um so, you know, there's that, but I had never seen sugar. So I, and I, and I couldn't find it. Um, I learned later it was on stars, but I could not find it. 
Um, I read the plot. I watched some trailers. And the trailers captivated me more than the perfect game did. Um, so, so I, and I really, really want to watch Sugar. It seems like a really great movie and a really mm -hmm. great example of how mm -hmm. truly hard it is to make the majors. So my vote's going to go for Sugar. Okay, well, that does it. I, I think in the comment section, it actually went perfect game by a four to three vote. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's three against one here on the panel. So it's going to be three, two, even if that is the case. So Sugar is moving on here. Uh, that's going to bring us to our next matchup here, almost finishing the left side of the bracket. A couple more matchups here. And that is Another underdog versus huge juggernaut matchup. Five versus 28, the natural versus soul of the game. If you were wondering what the scores are for that, the natural scored an 88, obviously fifth best. 28 was soul of the game, notable because it was the last play-in movie chosen before we had to go to the extra tournament. Um, that scored a 64 because it was a tiebreaker. Um, 67 with critics. So that's the, the difference between the two votes. Um, Soul of the Game is a film about Negro League Baseball. It is uh, stars Blair Underwood as Jackie Robinson. There he is again. Delroy Linda as Satchel Page and McKelty Williamson as Josh Gibson. So you've got all of the big giants there. Um, and Harvey Williams as Cat Mays, the father of Willie Mays, depicts Page and Gibson as the pitching and hitting stars in the period following World War II and Robinson, an up and coming player on the Kansas City Monarchs. Going up against The Natural, I think most of us know that movie. Uh, Roy Hobbs, really the only two words I need to say to describe it. But basically, this is your movie where you have a guy who is, uh, you know, just everything you can want in a baseball player. And he's sort of gripped with the temptation to um, accept a bribe, we'll say. And then the ending is kind of ironic, which I won't spoil for anyone who hasn't seen The Natural uh, let's get right into it here. Again, two very, very different movies. Um, Henry, let's start with you. What are your thoughts here? The Natural is one of those all-time great movies, no matter what. Anyone who's watched baseball has seen this movie, and it, it it is what it is. It stands the test of time. With that said, Soul of the Game is extremely underrated. It was a very good movie. I loved it from start to finish. I've seen it many, many times. And my only complaint is it was only 90 minutes long. <clears throat> I feel like that movie needed to be three hours to fully tell its story. Again, it's hard. Movies back then weren't doing that unless you were the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this movie was absolutely fantastic. It told a story. It didn't tell enough of the story. It left me wanting more. I'm, I'll save my vote for the end, but you can kind of tell where I'm leaning. Okay, Ricky. Um, so, you know, obviously we know about the natural. Let me just talk about the soul of the game here for, for just a minute. I had never watched this movie. It was the first time I got to watch this movie this week. Um, like Henry, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. This movie, I was surprised that it's ranked so low. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe uh, the budget, uh, probably wasn't there. Maybe the, uh, you know, the, the big name, it wasn't backed. I don't know what the reasoning is, but as a, as a historical movie, um, this is just a great prequel to, to uh, 42. So um, following that, that Jackie Robinson story and understanding a little bit back that, but not only that, but just the history of, of the Negro league and, and what that represented and players like, like Gibson, who, 
you know, for his career, uh, had an insane amount of home runs that, you know, didn't count. I think it was, what, 957. Somebody correct me in the comments somewhere along that uh, era. And this guy died at 36. So uh, he never had an opportunity. He had some, you know, some mental issues that, that you know, according to the movie that he dealt with. So uh, diving into some of these characters, I, I wish the movie was long as well. It left me wanting more. I really, really enjoyed this movie. Fair enough. I, I, I'll add into it. Uh, Soul of the Game, I had never seen. Um, this bracket made me watch it. I did not, I was not disappointed. <laughs> it's, it's a very good movie. I'll keep it short. I mean, the natural to me, though, is just, it's the natural. Um, that is really kind of the first of its kind in my mind, that type of movie. Uh, Roy Hobbs, an iconic character in baseball circles. I just can't go against it this early. Sold the game really, really strong, especially for 28th overall. I think it deserves a lot better of an overall rating. But uh, The Natural is an all-time classic. You can argue it's on the Rushmore of baseball movies in terms of importance and feel and everything like that. So it's going to get my vote, but absolute respect to Sold the Game. I'm so glad that I was able to watch it. I'm so glad that it has a presence in this tournament. It was nominated and it didn't have to go through a play-in. So those are my thoughts there. Austin, let's try you out here. What are your thoughts? <laughs> all right. So two bits, two bits of trivia here. Um, first of all, I know that um, you guys were saying it, it was too short, wanted more. This was actually a TV movie. Um, so it did not make it into the theaters. And that's probably why there isn't as much to the story is because, well, they need to, they need to fit it into regular programming on the television. Um, the second one is, uh, does anybody want to take a stab at another, at a notable role that the guy who played Josh Gibson played in, in another Ooh, movie? I am not sure. Didn't he play the boxer in Harlem Nights? Uh, the notable role that. I was going to say, I, that I bet that's not where he was going with it. <laughs> Bubba from Forrest Gump. Oh, that's oh, right. Wow. Bubba, yeah. I like Bubba, that. As soon as I saw that movie, I'm like, that guy's Bubba. That's a good um, Anyway, um, The Natural, I think we all said it was a, was, it's a juggernaut. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, Soul of the Game, ah, man, I really enjoyed that movie. I loved diving into all of the characters, the Satchel Paige, the, the, the Josh Gibson, all of it. I really loved the storyline. I love diving in all the characters. I love that storyline because I had never heard that storyline. I never understood why. I know Jackie Robinson is a, you know, he's a character that extends beyond baseball, but, you know, I never understood why Jackie Robinson at that point in time. That helped me understand why I had never, I never knew about Josh Gibson's struggle with mental health or anything like that. This is a really, 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 good movie uh, I think I'm gonna wait and see or I think I'm gonna hold my vote until the official uh, till the official vote here okay I, I will say this I will say with you know Major League Baseball adopting the Negro League records as official records in their books I will say with everything going on in our society where representation is becoming more of an important thing I think these Negro League stories need to be told more Mm -hmm. we need a josh gibson movie like i've always advocated for roberto clemente in the movie we need a josh gibson movie we need a satchel page movie we need a 
big blockbuster budgeted back movie about the entire Negro Leagues. We need more of these wonderful mammoths in, in Negro League baseball stories to be told. We need more books. We need more everything. So Major League Baseball took a step. I challenged them to take a step further and financially invest in the, in the stories of these players being told in, in the proper context and in the right way. Um, I think Corey mentioned it was an HBO movie, which to your point, Austin, I need a big budget movie. I need big fucking stars. I need a lot of money. I need marketing put behind this. I need these guys to be household names to kids who are going to be baseball fans already or, or haven't become baseball fans, but will kids who are in little leagues. I want them to start saying, fuck Mike Trout. I'm Josh Gibson. Like I want to see shit like that happen. And this is a step in that direction to me. Don't start a war, Henry. Don't start a war. I got, I got to throw out there, by the way, Corey Richmond's been on top of everything. So if we're in the comment section today, you do the Bubba Gump trivia as well. Um, yeah, I mean, all, all good points, right? Especially in a sport where we are trying to appeal to inner city kids. We've lost that demographic modern day. We're losing youth in general. This is obvious stuff. And Henry, we've talked about it on previous Dong Cities as it appeals, as it uh, pertains to Roberto Clemente, Josh yeah. Gibson, another one. You're talking about a second Babe Ruth, <laughs> except one that no one knows about. Like, it's, this is a, a no, no one knows about. And, and historians say was was better. And, and you know, some historians yeah. say he was better. Like, this is a mammoth in the sport that we don't know enough about. And then you right. add his mental issues and the things he dealt with back then. That's a story that needs to be told. Yeah, in golden era, by the way, of baseball. I mean, you know, that whole era of baseball is is the magical sweet spot that we're looking for. So I completely agree with you. Um, let's keep it moving here. Let's go just final vote, throw it out there. Uh, I voted earlier for the natural. Looks like the comment section's also going to natural. What do you guys vote? I'm going soul of the game. Okay. Ricky? There's always got to be an upset in the bracket. I'm going for the soul of the game. 2-2, two, two, Austin. It's down to you, Cole. Where are you going? Looks like we got an upset. I was going to pick yeah. all the game. Wow. <laughs> Our first choke job, and it comes from the natural. It has been taken down. The five yes. gets taken down by the 28. The natural lives on. I had a feeling I was going to be close just based on the, on the content matter. I don't and want to miss that name. I think his name is Bray J or Bry J. I want to mm -hmm. go with Bray. He says he rewatched The Natural recently. I lost his comment. Shit. Uh, he says it's outdated so when he rewatched. He's not wrong. Um, voting for Soul of the Game. So Soul of the Game moves on, baby. Okay. There, there you go. We're losing our women, by the way. Chris going to coach baseball. Uh, she's on the West Coast. And Carrie going to spin class. So we're going to miss you guys. Um, as we clean up the left side of the bracket here. So here's your last matchup here. And I find this matchup hilarious as the uh -huh. person who made the bracket. <laughs> this, Why is it hilarious, Vince? This cracks me up. I had never seen or heard of hardball. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't plan this. It's the same movie. Bad News Bears and Hardball are the exact same movie. One has black kids in the inner city. And one has goofy white kids, and one is a drunk Walter Matthau, and one is a god awful acting Keanu Reeves, and those are basically the two plots. Um, also, I have very strong feelings about Hardball, and I will start it off with that. Um, 
look, the the plot in a nutshell, I get where they're, what they were trying to do. Um, everyone loves to have that inner, inner look of the inner city and, and the dangers of it and the risks that kids take just to be able to play baseball. And as far as the plot, I very much enjoyed the concepts, much like when I saw The Purge for the first time, I was like, this could be the greatest movie ever. And then it fell completely flat on his face. And that's what happened for me here. And really, I blame Keanu Reeves because just awful, awful acting took me completely out of the movie. I mean, even his physical acting made no sense. Um, It's a classic. uh, He's like in gambling debt. So he's forced to do a public service, basically like the Mighty Ducks goes and coaches this inner city team. They form a bond. He's trying to bang a nun. Um, and that's basically what, <laughs> what, what happens there. And then you've got Bad News Bears where you've got a drunk who has to do community service. He's going to coach a bunch of white kids. They all come together and they actually don't suck. So there you go. Um, in my case, I'll just throw out my vote real quick. I'd go Bad News Bears. I think it was just the less terribly executed version of two potentially good plots that are actually the exact same plot. So there's my thoughts. We'll go to you, Henry. What are your thoughts? It sucked because I, I enjoyed hardball, but like you, Keanu Reeves sucks so bad. So bad. So here, here's my thing. Walter Matthau was a better on-screen character than the Keanu Reeves, but the kids in hardball were better than the kids in Bad News Bears. That's also fair. Yeah. So it, it, it sucked. I, I want to vote for Hardball, but Bad News Bears was first and it's slightly better, but the kids in Hardball kicked ass. We are for the record, by the way, I used Walter Matthau specifically. We are going for the older one. That's the one that officially was voted in, not the remake with Billy Bob Thornton. Um, just to clarify, in case that makes a difference for anyone in the comment section, I uh, completely agree with you, by the way, Henry. Ricky, let's go to you. What are your thoughts here? Well, uh, you know, I grew up on Bad News Bears. Um, I didn't have to, you know, rewatch it. Those, those are one of the movies I went to go see in the movies. Um, I love that movie. It's a, one of those rewatchable ones for me. But when you look at some of the dialogue that's in that movie, some of the things that uh, it would never <laughs> pass for today, the <laughs> uh, it, it's just it's pretty bad. There, there's, I, I think. Uh, Tanner Tanner says something that, and I have to kind of paraphrase here. His quotes is, "All we got in this team is a bunch of people from Israel, Puerto Rico, uh, the N word, and some pansies and a booger eating moron." And I'm telling you, you'd say something like that today, and and you talk about cancel culture, it, it, it would be done. You know, we can't we can't do that. <laughs> but I still love Bad News Bears. Fair, all fair, Austin. Um, you know that was going to be my comment. I felt like Hardball was just a an attempt to modernize Bad News Bears. They were the exact same, and I have to say, I'm really disappointed in Keanu Reeves for being that terrible in a movie. Um, another another bit of trivia. So um, two two uh, bits of two rounds in a row of trivia. There's actually a very notable actor that plays one of the kids. Um, one yeah, of the, one of the kids is Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, so Michael B. Jordan I... plays. Uh, he plays Jamal in the movie, um, but it's so bad. Uh, Hardball is I, Keanu Reeves really throws it. I I agree. The kids were better in Hardball, but Keanu Reeves is so bad in it that <laughs> I just I I I stopped watching it halfway through. It was just so bad. Um, bad news bears. Bad News Bears, I 
actually got a chuckle out of it and, and it reminded me of a bunch of the little league teams that I sucked at or I, you know, we <laughs> sucked on, except, um, except we didn't turn around and we're good. We sucked the whole season. Um, so, you know, I, my vote here, I, I don't think it's a question. I got to go with bad news bears. Keanu Reeves just really turns me off in that movie. It just, I, I could not finish that movie. Ricky, what's your official vote? Yeah, I, I go bad news bears. Okay. Henry, you have a, a differing vote or you to um, agree here? I will say bad news bears, but to Leon's point, G baby was the star of that movie. And I don't know. I don't care how old you are, how tough you are. When that kid dies, that shit doesn't hurt. Yeah. So they did a good job there. Again, the kids were the star of this movie. Um, but I'm going to go with bad news bears. Yeah, uh, I think that's completely fair. Even, uh, I forget his name, the fat kid who, like, like just, yes, thank you. Jefferson just going home <laughs> is like a world war for him. Um, I thought of that they actually did really well just to show, you can sense the panic, just having to get into his house, which he doesn't end up being able to do. And then he goes into the hospital. I mean, it's just really awful stuff. They did a good job with that, but... I wish they did more of that yeah. and did not focus more on Keanu Reeves. Yeah, he was yeah. utterly disinteresting. <laughs> well, he was disinterested. He was uninteresting. Um, uh, just so, so bad. I'm not even a Keanu Reeves fan, and I was hoping that maybe that, like, oh, if he does a baseball movie, I'll like him. It made me hate him more. So, um, yeah, Bad News Bears moves on. <laughs> clean, clean sweep, it looks like. And, uh, and we'll move over to the other side of the bracket. So we've got half of it done here. We're going to move on here, pick up the pace. Um, with a nice, this is a fun matchup right here, these two movies. Moving on to the other side, 61, if we were doing a classic tournament, it would be number one. It's actually the second overall movie in the entire bracket. Uh, coming in with a solid score of 90. Only that and Long Gone had scores of 90 in the entire tournament. Um, going up against Rookie of the Year, which is going to probably have a little wave of nostalgia, if I had to guess, judging by the general demographic of baseball life. Um, but Rookie of the Year barely made it in. It was next to last in the play-in vote. Uh, so overall score of 52, and it came in third out of four in the play-in vote. So this is another one of those titanic matchups in terms of the just the difference between them. 61's number two seed, Rookie of the Year's 31. 61, of course, um, is the family of late Roger Maris going to Bush Stadium, a witness Mark McGuire and the Cardinals. He breaks their father's home run record, um, takes you through that. And then it goes back to, you know, Maris and Mantle and their story. Rookie of the Year is about Henry Rowan Gardner, obviously a fictional story. He's like a 12-year-old or whatever, breaks his arm. His arm actually turns into magical powers. He could throw 100 miles per hour because of some weird thing with it. Love uh, what's that? <laughs> Flubber. Yeah, joins the Cubs, a lot of goofy guys, becomes one of the guys, uh, ends up pitching them into like big matchups. Of course, the Yankees are the bad guys. And um don't and, and, don't and yeah. Being banged out by a player. <laughs> <laughs> yes. His mom getting tossed around. Uh so anyway, 
the uh, those are your two matchups. I mean, one obviously a, a kids classic '90s movie it involves the lovable loser Cubs at the time. Um, every kid's dream playing for in the major leagues. Very quotable movie. Going up against '61, which was a rock solid movie. People aren't going to want to hear that. It obviously is very Yankee centric, directed by Billy Crystal and about mostly Marison Mantle. Uh, but it is a really strong movie in my mind. Let's kick it off here. We'll go to you, Austin. Start us off. So, well, um, I, had, I had actually never seen 61 until I had to do this. Until I had, so, it was, I, I am thankful to, um, you guys hear that? Of this. That's about as New York as you get, Mr. Softy, in the middle of winter. <laughs> Let me go ahead. Austin, you are breaking up there, but uh, we stopped for a Mr. Softy break. So, we'll, uh, Austin, we'll come back to you. Ricky, why don't you give us your thoughts here? Uh, you know, Rookie of the Year is one of those movies I had never seen because it was uh, cup themed. Um, I, we don't do the Cubs here in my household, but I actually had my daughter to come and watch this movie with me. Um, and, you know, we, we got a chuckle out of it. It, it was, a, you know, for what it was, it was a, it was a good, you know, kids movie, uh, baseball movie. You know, it's not, it wasn't realistic. The, the pitching form were terrible. Um, somebody could have gave that kid some lessons on how to throw, even if he did uh, throw 100 miles per hour. It, it, it was just, it was unwatchable. Um, 61, a little fun fact, you know, you know, Yankees fans, I, I don't know how much you guys, uh, you know, when you look at that story, even the Yankees player didn't want, you know, Maris to, to break that record. And, and a little fun fact for me, uh, I was actually at the McGuire game when he broke that record in oh, wow. uh, 98, wow. September. So yeah, September, that was September 8, uh, 98. I was there. They were the Cubs were playing St. Louis. Actually, won a contest that got flown out to St. Louis. Was sitting in Big uh, Big Mac Land when uh, when he broke that, and the family came out. Um, it was one of those moments that was very. Uh, uh, it was a great time there in St. Louis. But you know, so for those historic reasons alone, I have to go with sixty-one. Okay, Henry. It's not even close. It's sixty-one. Come on. I will say you you mentioned lovable and Cubs in the same sentence before. Yeah. Back then, uh, I went mean, on that one, man. Yeah, Cubs were very lovable. This is what happens all the time with just loser dog shit franchises. They win a title, and now they're still a dog shit franchise with one title, and now also not lovable. <laughs> I will say, sixty one was a fantastic movie, but going back after the whole McGuire mess kind of taints it a little bit it, now i roll my eyes at it when i see him in the celebration and him and the family yeah I feel bad for the family um, yeah that's, that's... The thing that it, it's tainted for me a little bit but in in this sense for this what we're doing i'm gonna go with 61 yeah i mean 61 to me a very very like i said it's a rock solid movie uh as a yankee fan i think if you are a yankee fan right now between the ages of like 30 and 40 your father's favorite player was probably Mickey Mantle. He was also a Yankee fan. It's almost a guarantee. And that is the case for me. So I've always been enamored. Seven's also my favorite number. I've always been enamored with 
Mickey Mantle and his story. I think he is one of the forever what ifs of any sport. The man was so much more talented than I think his stats indicate. And he basically played from day one, completely hurt. He hurt himself his rookie year was never the same. And by never the same, I mean, he still hit 500 plus home runs. And if he retired earlier, he'd be a 300 career lifetime hitter. Just crazy farm Oklahoma strength. I mean, yeah, I've got it. I've got it too. Um, I really, he could have broken the home run record. He could have done a lot of things if his career had played out differently and his health had played out differently. And Roger Maris is a really fascinating story too in Yankee lore because he was mistreated. He's very underappreciated even today. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. So those two, uh, a lot of people thought they didn't like each other. That turns out to not really be the case. Um, those two are utterly fascinating to me. The 61 Yankees is like as good as it gets in, in Yankee history. And 1998 is probably right there also as good as it gets in Yankee history. So if you're a Yankee fan, you are, it is house money watching this movie. Um, and Ricky, you totally like beat me by a thousand points. Cause my McGuire connection was that I was at the baseball hall of fame for the first time, two days before he broke that record. They're showing okay. every at bat on the big screens there, which at the time were probably like 40 inches. Um, but yes, yeah, so, uh, being at the game is significantly more awesome than that. Austin, we'll try going back to you here. My, my official vote, by the way, is 61 here, and that's already going to move on. But Austin, we'll get your thoughts too. You got me now? A little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so uh, real quick until this break. Um, thank you to, uh, for letting me watch this movie. I think this movie was really good. Um, the fact that, um, you know, knowing what I know now with the whole McGuire and the PED scandal, it does taint the movie a little bit, but it, that kid in rookie of the year is so goddamn annoying. Um, <laughs> it's so annoying. Perfectly with the um, I liked Gary Busey. I liked Gary Busey. Um, the mom, uh, Rowan Gardner's mom is actually now, she plays the desk clerk on Chicago PD. Um, nice. you know, there's another, there's another trivia, but, um, yeah, I mean, rookie of the year, it's an okay movie. It's all right. I want, but that kid is so goddamn annoying. I can't, I can't stand it. I mean, um, so 61. Go 61 is better. Yeah. Um, by the way, that kid goes on to play in the American Pie movies. Another bit of trivia. I'm sure everyone knew it, but it was worth pointing out officially. 61 moves on clean sweep. Uh, that, you know, that's a strong number two. Um, takes out Rookie of the Year. Now we move on to another interesting matchup here. The Rookie, not to be confused with Rookie of the Year, going up against Fear Strikes Out. If my computer was cooperating better, I would already have these plots, but I don't. So give me a moment. Um, if any of you want to start, I'll go into the plot in a second. But if you, any of you want to start, feel free. Ricky, you want to go? Not really. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never seen Fear Strikes Out. When I looked it up and I tried to watch it over the weekend, I saw Red Sox over it. So that was a no-no <laughs> for me. I didn't have time to watch it. I saw the Red Sox. So, automatically, that's not getting my vote. By the way, Fear Strikes Out, guess what movie it came, or what year it comes out? 1957. I don't know what it is about that year in baseball movies, but everything seems to revolve around it. Um, it stars 
Oh, I'm sure his name is Jimmy. Of course it's Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Pearsall, uh, yeah. tell-all biography from the Sandlots of Waterbury, Connecticut. There you go, Ricky. By the way, I also lived in Connecticut, not too far from Bridgeport, but uh, definitely in an area that was not Bridgeport to the Red yeah, Sox. Probably Westport. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish, yeah. I was in Stamford, so uh, not quite Westport. Um, but yeah, Carl Malden plays his domineering father. So here you go, father-son connection. Uh, basically, yeah, I, it's a kid who grows up in Connecticut, goes on to play for the Red Sox, like everything Henry and I would hate. Um, but Pearsall, you know, there's a mental illness aspect to it. it goes into a mental institution. Um, playing for the Red Sox, you got to be mental. Yeah, he he uh, he has some revelations from basically uh, having mental illness. So that's that one. The rookie, probably a little more known by the masses, another Disney movie. Uh, Jim Norris, son of a career Navy man, moves the family from Hollywood to Big Lake, Texas. Um, he's old. I think he's like in his 40s by baseball standards. Ends up playing for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays because, of course, uh, back then, and uh, ends up making it as a very old rookie. Um, 35, look, 35, not 35. Is still old <laughs> by uh, baseball standards. Uh, for the double-A Orlando Rays, so that's a nice throw throw there for me. Uh, I'll keep it. I, I, not, I have no connection to either of these movies. It's These are totally unsexy movies in the bracket. It's a matchup that is not particularly appealing to me. Um, there had to be one. This is a 15 versus 18, so it's close on paper. 15, Fear Strikes Out at a 77. 18, the rookie had a 70, so they're they're both equally liked almost. Um, I'm going to literally go with Florida on this one. I'm going to go with the rookie because it at least has some ties to where I live, so that's cool. And like I said, I, I, I'm kind of with Henry. I just no interest in this Boston garbage um, if it wasn't an overly great movie. I defended Fever Pitch. I am now using that hatred against Fear Strikes Out. So there you go. Uh, let's get to you, Ricky. What are your thoughts? Well, let me, let me just give you my thoughts real quick because this is the worst matchup out of all of the bracket. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really like these movies, but to piss you and Henry off, I'm going with Fear Strikes Out. <laughs> <laughs> we have a split in the fan vote so far, early or early results, so that might play a role here. So we're at 1-1. One, one. Uh, Austin, do you have any sort of strong thoughts on this matchup? Uh, again, this is a very unsexy matchup. I've watched The Rookie a couple times. It is not. I mean, Dennis Quaid is okay. The storyline is okay. It's just it's just an okay movie. It's you know it's not the greatest movie in the world. I have never seen Fear Strikes Out, and I could not find it for for the purpose of this research. But yeah. you, you know what what I really looked at was um, which of these movies either seemed or was more interesting. And I think because of how I grew up, and I watched a lot of people, you know, not myself, but a lot of a lot of kids growing up you know, that I played with, they had a lot of domineering dads and they tried to, you know, make them go to the majors and ruin the relationship and it, whatever. I've, I've seen that, you know, it's I kind of relate to it a little bit. Um, and, you know, I got to piss off you guys as a guest at least once. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, fear strikes out. So we chose the wrong guests for this matchup. I'm going to mute him right now. Yeah, we got a 2-2. In the comments section, we have a 1-1. I need someone. There are apparently more than... 
the higher seed wins, guys. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> there are two, there are more than two people watching. So someone please vote in the comment section. You will literally decide the winner of this matchup. Um, but otherwise, I think I have to agree with Ricky. It just, it, it's got to go to the higher seed in the event of a tie's tie. We'll, we'll see if any we'll votes come open. in. Yeah, we'll leave it open for now and then we'll come back to it. Yeah, I'll leave it open all night if I have to. Oh, there we go. We got a fierce strikes oh, out. Go. So. No, oh, that's from Ricky, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a negative one. We get to vote twice here. Yeah. God, you know, now I know why, like, every movie that I watched had to do with Chicago and scandals. Yeah, that's uh, right. <laughs> just stacking the deck. Uh, we'll leave it open. If you have any, any strong opinion on this matchup, Fear Strikes Out versus the Rookie, please uh, please share it in the comment Henry. section. <laughs> we'll move on. Uh, and if no one, no one additionally votes, then Fear Strikes Out will move on. So <laughs> I'm not particularly worried about its future because it's going up against uh, 61 the next round. So we'll have our revenge. Um, this next one is a total, total mismatch in my mind. But again, I cracked up when I saw this matchup because I had never seen the final season and then I watched it and it's two Iowa movies dealing with baseball. So what were the chances of that? You've got Field of Dreams, Absolute Classic, 1989. It's a supernatural drama, involves Shoeless Joe Jackson being dead and not dead. James Earl Jones again making his way into a movie. Kevin Costner again making his way into a movie, basically... As we all know, he uh, he builds a field in his backyard and it draws magical ghosts to play baseball and he starts selling tickets to it and just Iowa is on acid the entire time. Um, and then we have the final season, which is Rudy, I guess, quitting football, becoming a baseball coach in uh, Norway, Iowa or Indiana, one of the two. They're all the same. The same. Um, <laughs> And he uh, he's coaching. He finds out it's the final season from this guy who looks suspiciously like Tony Larusa throughout the movie. Um, he's like a 19-time state champion winner in Iowa high school. Rudy ends up coaching it, um, and it's the story about that. They end up winning the national championship. I got to be honest with you guys. I started the final season. I had I had high hopes for it. It was a baseball movie I'd never seen before. I like Sean Astin. Uh, Rudy's one of my favorite sports movies it didn't do it for me <laughs> this movie was just it did not have anything in it that kind of gripped me beyond just it had to do with baseball I, I'm pretty biased against high school baseball too I find that maybe the worst of the I'd rather watch little league than college and I'd rather watch college than high school so that's kind of where I'm at with it field of dreams by the way doesn't need defense it's an absolute classic no contest for me I'm going field of dreams curious to get your guys thoughts Austin why don't we go back to you here um, really, I, it's really no contest. It's gotta be field of dreams. Um, I had never watched the final season. I watched the trailers. I looked at the synopsis and I really had no interest in seeing it because it looked like it sucked from the beginning. Yeah, um, you were so right. I, I had no interest in watching the final season. It was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty easy decision for me without even seeing the movie. I knew field of dreams was better. Um, it's just, a, it's just a classic. So Absolutely fair. Fair, Henry. What are your thoughts? I don't even think we should waste time on this field. Of yeah, I think we can cruise right through, Ricky. I assume you're going Field of Dreams as well. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, we don't even need a crowd vote for that one. Field of Dreams, moving a, on. We do have a time. Uh, we should call that probably a mercy rule, then. Yeah, on that one. Like, yeah, that was a beatdown. Um, yeah. 
We have uh, well, hey, Bry gives us Field of Dreams anyway, so it's a clean sweep again. Henry, what, what's the tiebreaker here you're talking about? The tiebreaker in the comments for the rookie. No. Really? You're not. No. You're not no. That could be your hell, though. <laughs> <laughs> life group difference. Life group hey. difference accounts. <laughs> a different hey, account. Good, good try. Good try, Calhoun. You know? <laughs> <laughs> It's, I think they want to torture us. Literally one person can throw out a vote and no one wants to do it. Um, let's move on to the next matchup here. <laughs> it's, uh, let's be real. If it makes any sense, either one of those movies is still losing in the next round. Yeah, they're getting uh, listen, beat down. I'm trying to set up a Yankee Red Sox series here. Come on. Yeah. You guys don't want that? Uh, I'll like it once I see the results. <laughs> So let's go here. We have this is a really intriguing matchup to me. Um, well, not so much this as the next round after this. Number ten, a league of their own, which scored a solid eighty-four, going up against number twenty-three, everybody wants some, which had a sixty-eight, but an eighty-seven by critics. Those are your matchups. So we'll start with everybody wants some. I think it's a lesser-known movie, um, <laughs> and I. It just occurred to me I brought up the Van Halen album instead. So we'll start with uh, A League of Their Own instead. Um, a League of Their Own stars a very kind of underappreciated era of baseball, which was uh, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League during World War II. Women came in and played baseball instead while men were all fought war. Um, and basically all you have to know is that Madonna's in it, Rosie O'Donnell's in it, Tom Hanks is in it. They all do a fantastic job, I think. It's a great storyline. It's well acted. And the ending is probably one of the best endings I've seen in a baseball movie. So those are my thoughts. It's utterly quotable. by. It's like an underrated quotable movie. And of course, um, how I felt about the perfect game is the exact opposite with League of Their Own. I thought that the action in this movie was amazing <laughs> so there you go um let's toss it around though before i cast my official vote you can probably guess which way that's going uh everybody wants some i got it 2016 team comedy i don't even know if this is right no they had an all-state pitcher in high school moves into an off-campus house with other members of the college baseball team um blah 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 next morning uh, all right. Seems like there's some love in there. There's some college involved. It's going up against League of Their Own. I don't think I need to go further. Let's go to it. Ricky, what are your thoughts here? Listen, I didn't even watch the other movie. I'm not even going to. I'm not yeah, going to. Yeah, it wasn't really Own, necessary. Uh, it was not. There were so many. There was, there was like, I think like six or seven movies I hadn't watched. And what I was, I didn't get to get to all of them. That one was one of them I didn't get to. So uh, League of Their Own, I mean, classic, you know, there's no crying in baseball. Come on, everybody understands yeah. that. There's just, it was just a great, uh, good one. Got It's got the feels. It's a good one. You know, uh, the, the sibling rivalry concept mm -hmm. that they throw out in that movie as well, you know, just out of baseball, just not being good enough, um, thinking you're not good enough and the other siblings always good. It's got a nice line in that. And I really like that that kind of play that they did in the movie. I really enjoyed that. Very fair. A, a sister sibling rivalry in a baseball movie that they made work and an alcoholic Tom Hanks. I mean, that you look, you take a step back and say, if I had told you those were devices in a baseball movie, you'd be like, this is the worst movie ever. And it's absolutely not. 
Henry, what are your thoughts? Um, it's actually, like you said, it's not. And if anything, it, it's damn near close to the perfect baseball movie. Um, plenty of quotables. I, I can't let the irony go of a movie about the, an all-female baseball league going up against everyone wants some. I mean, mm -hmm. come on. <laughs> With two exclamation points, I should point out. Yeah, yeah just come on. Yeah. League of their own, and it's not close. Austin, any any different, <laughs> any very uh, controversial thoughts here? I mean, nothing controversial. I just feel like I, I, I didn't watch, I didn't watch Everybody Wants Some, um, but I feel like reading the synopsis, Everybody Wants Some, was like they tried to make American Graffiti a baseball movie. Yeah. That's kind of what it seemed. That's kind of what it seemed like. Um, and I really wasn't interested in watching it. I never got to it, and I'm kind of glad I never got to it. Um, League of Their Own. League of Their Own is a very rewatchable movie. I watch that movie all the time. I think it is one of the best baseball movies that has come out. Anything or most anything with Tom Hanks in it is really good. I love the relationship between Dottie and Jimmy and Jimmy Dugan. I love the the sibling rival the sibling rivalry that they got. I love the story that it tells. I love everything about that movie. I watch it over and over again. I love it. And uh, yeah, League of Their Own. And it ain't even close. Yeah, that's fair. Rosie O'Donnell was good in that movie. She was great. She was. She was. Uh, yeah, Madonna's got bad Vita. She's an underrated actress. Um, Clean Sweep, A League of Their Own, also in the comments section gets voted across, so that was pretty easy. Um, very strong 10 seed, by the way. And uh, now we have a matchup that I'm so curious, especially with Austin here. Pride of the Yankees, number three, going up against Angels in the outfield, number 30. Now, we'll give you the, the uh, tale of the tape here. Number three, Pride of the Yankees, an 89, and by critics, a 93. So, absolute juggernaut on paper. Going up against 30 Angels in the outfield, which I was surprised. It won in the – it was the second most voted in the play-in, so the fans have voted it into this matchup. 30 overall had a 49, which, again, this is a 90s nostalgia movie. Uh, I will say this, though. Unlike Rookie of the Year, I thought Angels in the outfield was actually a well-made movie. It's corny and campy, and, you know, it's, it's got its acting problems, obviously – but it actually is a very gripping story to me of a kid who's essentially, in, you know, fatherless, um, they're oh, parentless, he's an orphan, yeah, who has these fears, he's a best friend, you've got an interracial thing going on, which again, the 90s, like, this is woke stuff we're talking about, and, uh, and the, the, the white kid loses his dad. <laughs> so um, end up being adopted by the, the California Angels' father, Danny Glover, uh, or manager, sorry. And it takes you through the California Angels, who are, again, a dog shit team. You have divine intervention that comes in. Angels literally help the Angels go steamroll through, uh, go on this miraculous winning streak. That's Angels in the outfield. 90, we're going with the 94 version. It was actually originally made much earlier. Pride of the Yankees is basically about Lou Gehrig, which if you know anything about Lou Gehrig, he's one of the most phenomenal stories ever exists in baseball uh absolute hall of famer probably the second best first baseman ever if i did just think very quickly off the top of my head um and he obviously gets what we now know as lou gehrig's disease cuts his career short uh and that is after being one of the probably the second healthiest player to ever exist healthiest at that time that's why they nicknamed him the iron horse um and then he's got one of the most iconic my actual personal favorite speech of all time 
um, that he gives at Yankee Stadium as he's dying, considering himself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. So tough to mess with that plot. I'm curious what you guys think. And Austin, since this involves the Angels, and I think is the only movie that involves the Angels in this entire bracket, we'll start with you. So Angels in the outfield, they were to remake it today. It better be Angels on the on the pitching mound because <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but you know, as an Angels fan, I, I have a special place for Angels in the outfield. Um, I love the story. Yes, it is very corny and the graphics are very terrible when it comes to the Angels, but it is also a 90s movie. Um, if it were if it were to go up against the rookie, I would say it's no it's no chance. It's Angels in the Outfield. I had actually never watched Pride of the Yankees until I watched it last night. Um, I thought it was a very good movie. Um, I loved the acting. I, I loved the story that it told on um, Lou Gehrig, not only about his um, about his baseball life, but his personal life, his love life, his family life. Um, mom was a little creepy. Um, I, I hope mom wasn't that creepy in real life. Um, but you know, who knows? I really liked pride of the Yankees. I like angels in the outfield, but for this exercise, I had to put my angels bias to the side. And I thought <laughs> the Yankees was a slightly better movie than, um, angels in the outfield. I like how you put that, putting it slightly better. You like get to keep your angel street cred, but still make the right decision there. That's nice. That's a nice move. I, mean, I, got, I, I got to keep my street cred, man. Yeah, you, you need to be invited back. Uh, Henry, what are your thoughts here? Uh, two really good movies. Um, look, uh, Angels in the Outfield is just done. People, some people think it's corny. I think it's a well-done movie. You have a, a child actor who grows up to be actually one of my favorite actors in Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Um, this movie is really good. It, it's it's relevant now because all the angels have are outfielders. Um, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But like like when I'm with Austin with this exercise head to head. I got to go. Pride of the Yankees. Ricky, you agree? Love, love, Pride of the Yankees. I had never watched it. I mean, listen, it, it's enough with the East Coast bias as it is. But um, I, I totally fell in love with that movie. Um, I think Lou Gehrig makes his debut in Chicago out of all places. And uh, he gets another nickname um, other than just being like the original Iron Man. But, you know, we give him the little tumble foot because he falls on bats. And it's actually his 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 uh, future wife who gives him the nickname. And I thought the play on that and every time he looked forward to coming to Chicago. But I just thought it was a great movie, um, um, you know, and being that my uncle died of uh, ALS, um, that was something that, that I also, you know, just thought about throughout the whole time. I know the movie's in black and white, so for those that are online and you probably don't know what that looks like, you know, go ahead and check out that movie. It's an older movie, uh, but it's a great, it's a great ma uh, made movie. It was a good watch. I, one of my favorites in the whole bracket. Yeah, I, this was an interesting matchup for me because in my never-ending quest to defend first baseman in life, uh, Pride of the Yankees really kind of strikes home with me. Luger, it's so funny. Lou Gehrig and Stan Musial until about two years ago, I just never really like zeroed in on how unbelievably talented they are or they were. Uh, and now that I've been to the Cardinals Hall of Fame and obviously I've been to the Yankees Hall of Fame, 
Um, it really puts it into perspective. But Lou Gehrig had an amazing life. You know, you look at it, it was a Hollywood type life if you're putting a story behind it. And he was, he just maybe the best pure RBI guy to ever exist. Um, I think you'd put him in that sort of tier. Angels in the Outfield was my favorite, favorite childhood movie. Um, not even just baseball movies. Like my, I watched it like a thousand times when I was a kid. So it's always going to have that sentiment. Again, I kind of come down with Austin and Henry. In terms of integrity of this bracket, I am voting for Pride of the Yankees. But Angels in the Outfield will always have a very soft spot in my heart. Um, I absolutely love that movie. Pride of the Yankees is the better movie. Uh, and I've got no problem advancing Lou Gehrig. So that's a clean Babe Ruth was in Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, which always strikes home with me as well. That's my guy. So, uh, so that's moving on. Let's get to our next two movies here. <laughs> and now we had Angels in the Outfield with, uh, with Austin. Now we're going to have eight men out with Ricky. And it's going up against damn Yankees. So this might be the most fun matchup of the night just based on value of, uh, of movie plots here. Damn Yankees, as we established, is actually a musical. This is the movie adaptation of it based on the 1955 musical comedy of which a pathetic Washington Senators fan ends up selling his soul just to see them beat the Yankees because it took actual satanic ritual to beat the Yankees back then. Um, so it's, uh, it's got that going for it. Broadway movie, tie that in. Yankees begin their launch into into amazing success based on all different Broadway movies. So that's the tie in there. Eight Men Out, based on the greatest scandal of all time, the Black Sox scandal of 1919. Shockingly coherent cast. It's got John Cusack. It's got, um, again, Charlie Sheen. It's got Chris, a young Christopher Lloyd. It's got Merle from Walking Dead. If you ever watch that show, it took me a second to realize he was in it, but he is. And uh, just a really good cast about the 1919 scandal and what a piece of shit cheap ass that Kaminsky was. So we'll go to you first, Ricky. I'm guessing you have the strongest feelings of all based on this. What are your thoughts on these two movies? Well, that spirit has uh, come down on Reinsdorf. We still have the cheapest one. <laughs> um, listen, uh, I-, I was already pissed off that those damn Yankees made it anyway. It's a damn musical. You don't put that in a, in a gold uh, movie bracket. That stuff shouldn't have been there. The best part of that was that at least the guy sold his soul to the devil to try to dispatch the Yankees. Listen, this is where the whole saying Yankees were in baseball was born, okay? Everybody knew that the Yankees were in baseball. This guy was a fan. He was tired of it. He says, get off the couch. Go hit a couple of dingers yourself and, and go beat the Yankees yourself. But listen, he's not going to match up against eight men out. Uh, I, you know, it's a scandal. The White Sox won the World Series in 1917. They were, you know, a real good team. And Maybe they weren't getting paid the money they need to get paid, and you already know uh, the story. I, I don't want to give a lot of a, a lot of weight, but you know this this hurts my heart. But Eight Men Out wins um, by a landslide against that musical. A musical. They put you might as well put Grease in there. Goodness gracious! Tell me more. Tell me more. I've got a response to that exact comment, but I'll wait. We'll go. To, we'll go to you, Henry. What are your thoughts here? The Yankees are so goddamn good that even a musical makes it. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the fourth installment of Yankee-centric movies in here. I will say this side of the bracket made me feel better that I I wasn't being biased against the older movies. 
because mm-hmm. on the other side, a lot of the older movies I didn't enjoy. I just didn't like uh, the older movies on this side of the bracket. I did enjoy, um, but like the Yankees versus White Sox all-time head-to-head record, I will go with the winning franchise here, and I will choose the damn Yankees over eight men out. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Washington Senators get tied into that victory, but I'll let it slide <laughs> because they were just about the worst franchise ever exist. Um, Austin, we'll go to you, and then I'll close it out. Um, all right. So eight man out. I actually liked the cast of eight men out. Um, I thought it was a pretty good cast. Um, I liked the telling of the story of eight men out and just purely because damn Yankees is a musical and I absolutely despise musicals. I do not like musicals at all. If you're going to sing, you might as well put it on the friggin' radio. Um, um, we'll watch Hamilton come back me. and tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> it takes New uh, York to make a musical great. Okay, I'm so we got a, a two-one vote. Here's my response to Ricky telling me that it might as well have been Greece. Even if it were Greece, I'd still vote for Greece over Eight Men Out. Uh, <laughs> here's my problem: I, I, the Black Sox scandal, intriguing, good plot. Um, again, I love, you know, dead ball era, fifties era, whatever. I like old school baseball movies like that. It's got a cast that on paper, this should be a great movie. The problem for me is that nobody brought their A game in this movie acting wise. Uh, This was a very poorly acted movie. And even beyond that, Shoeless Joe Jackson is a very intriguing, like historical character. Guy couldn't read. He's an incredible baseball player. He's involved in the scandal. I mean, obviously, Field of Dreams had him in it. Um, not that it affects this movie, but the, the character development on all of these characters was like almost non-existent outside of the pitcher. So that was really an issue for me is, again, this, much like the other movie I was talking about, this takes a great plot and it like very poorly executes it, took me out of it. Um, which was annoying because I got very excited when I watched this movie because it's got a scandal I like, it's got an error I like, and it had a cast that I was excited about, and like none of it hit home for me. Um, Damn Yankees, I'm a musical guy, so I, I like musicals. Damn Yankees is not among my top 10, 15, and probably 20 of musicals, but I'm still going to vote for it just because um it at least the plot like makes me laugh like other fans are so pathetic in this plot that they had to sell their soul to beat the Yankees that cracks me up uh so that gets my vote and it looks like in the comment section we have a tie (laughs) we've got a one-one tie Bry J at the last second coming to the to the defense here we have a one-one tie if anyone we need a tiebreaker if anyone is watching, again, unfortunately, this has been rigged in favor of Ricky. Eight Men Out is currently the leader in terms of seating. So if we don't have another vote, Eight Men Out's going to advance. It's the 14 I, versus the 19. I will say, when you, when you mentioned uh, Shoeless Joe's shortcomings, Manny Ramirez just popped in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like a guy who could read, was just dumb, did dumb shit. Great Total- Manny Ramirez is... Totally fair. Totally fair. Um, so we will uh, we'll put that on hold. We're going overtime there. Uh, I have a sense that this next matchup is not going to need overtime, but we'll get to it. That is Moneyball versus Trouble with the Curb. So I'm pulling up Trouble with the Curb here. 
It's going to um, do this right now. Let's go tail of the tape here. It's a six versus 27. Moneyball is an 86 overall, 94 by critics, which actually is the highest critic score next to Bad News Bears, shockingly enough, at 97. Uh, 27 Trouble with the Curve, a 66, not, not god-awful, but it did make the play. And we got Trouble with the Curve, 2012, American sports film, uh, Clint Eastwood. A lot of people, you know, automatically love Clint Eastwood movies. Matthew Lillard, who I believe played uh, or was the main character in Lost. John Goodman and, and Justin Timberlake and Amy Adams. So pretty strong cast. Aging brave scout Gus Lobel given one last assignment to prove his value to the organization who views him as unable to adopt to changes within the game. Uh, it's the story of him discovering uh, Johnny the Flame Flanagan. Or I'm sorry, no, Johnny the <laughs> Flame Flanagan is Justin Timberlake. So story of, of basically his agent trick. Going up against Moneyball. Johnny the Flame. <laughs> uh, going up against Moneyball based on the book by Michael Lewis, which may be the most popular baseball book ever. Um, it was adapted into a movie. The book came out in 2003. It's about the Oakland Athletics Moneyball from Billy Bean. Um, they would, of course, lose to the Yankees. That's what happens. And it stars Brad Pitt as Billy Bean, my favorite actor of all time. You can tell which way I'm going to go with this, but it takes you through that 2003 season. Um, and how the team was assembled. It's got Jonah Hill, I think, doing his first serious movie and really kind of changing the way we view Jonah Hill uh, before Wolf of Wall Street came out and really changed the way we view Jonah Hill. So this is your matchup. I mean, it's, again, it's a huge mismatch on paper. Uh, for me, I lived through these Oakland A's. Um, Henry, I know you can relate. I lived through these A's, Yankees matchups. The Yankees won every time despite Oakland having Mulder, Hudson, and Zito, which the one giant flaw in this movie is those guys got almost no coverage whatsoever, and they were the absolute best players on those teams, which really kind of pissed me off. Um, it totally changes the entire narrative of, of how those teams were assembled. But that aside, um, look, you got Brad Pitt. He does a great job. It's, again, it's got a father-daughter connection in this movie, which was appealing. Um and really, the, if you've ever read the book Moneyball, that's a fantastic book. This was a good adaptation to it. And it takes you through really what I think is the most relevant aspect of baseball today. And that is the start of the Moneyball era. It's changed over the years, what they look at. But the concept of market inefficiency was made famous by Billy Bean, even though Stick Michael and the Yankees had on base percentage way before he ever figured it out. But that aside... Uh, this is now what has, what baseball's turned into is the analytics game. And I think that Moneyball kind of put that on the map. Very, very important in terms of baseball history now. It gets my vote solely for that. Uh, trouble with the curve, fine. But dime a dozen movie for me, even with Clint Eastwood. Let's go to, uh, let's go to you, Ricky. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Matthew you know, Fox is lost, by the way. Corey coming through again. I'm wrong there. Matthew Lillard wasn't something I'll figure it out. I was gonna I was gonna point that out in mine too, but Corey beat me to it. So yeah, thank you, Corey. It's a trouble with the curveball. I mean, Clint Eastwood, um, he's he's an awesome actor. Uh, you know, he does the movie justice. Uh, he's that grumpy old man, like in Gran Torino. Uh, so many great movies that that man does, but uh, you know, there's just no way that it's going to be Moneyball. Moneyball is one of those movies that introduces a lot of fans to uh, 
you know, sabermetrics and, and, and the whole, you know, way of looking at baseball, you know, and it's, it's ironic that both of these are, are looking at baseball, one from the scouts purist uh, formatting and, and looking at it from, from the naked eye to looking at it, you know, the way Jonah Hill came in and, and, and started bringing out all these stats that everybody didn't know, you know, what the hell was going on in that time. And now I think everybody, you know, has it uh, a better understanding of it and we're looking deeper into it, but Moneyball takes the nod for me in this one. Well put, Henry. I mean, it's not close. Moneyball wins here. Um, I have two problems with Moneyball, always did. Billy Bean looks nothing like Brad Pitt. <laughs> yeah, that's a very generous casting. Yeah, that's one. Number two, my problem with Moneyball is, while I loved it and it was a fantastic movie, it was a super over-dramatization of the book, which was fantastic because Moneyball was not about winning. Moneyball was about saving money and being cheap fucks. Yeah. Moneyball was about if you have a player who's going to hit 260 and give you this production and you had the same player who's going to do that, but you can pay him a fraction of the cost. Let's go with this guy. That's what it was about. They made it seem like it was about winning and they over dramatized their playoff birth, which I found hilarious because they still haven't won shit since they've never won. They haven't won anything <laughs> since this thing come out. So I just think that the over-dramatization of winning was too much. It was really about saving money, and that's all that was about. But, but Henry, they're still they're still cheap, but they still produce great players. That's true, but at some point, you got to do something with it. Yeah, you're right. They, they have two of my favorite players on their team, Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Chappie. You're wasting them. So my problem is that it's not about winning as much as it is about money. Yes, it's called Moneyball. <laughs> The acting will make you think it's about winning. It's about owners being cheap fucks. Austin, this is a division rival. Yeah. What are your thoughts here? Well, I I, I agree with uh, Henry. I I think it focused too much on winning and Billy and Billy and Brad Pitt. He's a great actor, but he didn't, but yeah, he doesn't look anything like Billy Bean. Um, but. <laughs> You know, I, I liked Brad Pitt. He was very good. I liked Jonah Hill. He was very good in that movie. Um, and you know what? I think this was closer for me than most other people because I like Trouble with the Curve too. I like Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, I think Justin Timberlake is a very good actor. I like Amy Adams. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, when, I, when, I, when it comes down to it for me, it's originality um, yeah, Moneyball is based off of a book, but it's, you know, more of a, it's an introductory concept, especially when the movie came out. Trouble with the Curve is another Clint Eastwood movie where he's a grouchy old man and doesn't like anybody until the very end. So, I mean, I like, I like them both, but um, for me, it's got to be Moneyball um, over Trouble with the Curve. Yeah, here's the main thing for me with Moneyball. Um and this is why I also love the movie The Big Short so much. It takes a very, very boring topic if you're not a baseball fan and makes it entertaining. If you can do that, <laughs> you've already won half the battle. The Big Short takes financial terms and makes it something you can understand because that's Margot Robbie in a bathtub. So Moneyball's the baseball version of that. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, there's not there's not much else to add here. It, it does have the way it tells the story. There's definite flaws involved. I think that's going to hurt it later in the tournament. But for a first round six versus twenty seven, I don't think it's a contest. And it's not a contest. It's a clean sweep. Moneyball advances, and that brings us to our final matchup of the night. Number eleven, Bull Durham against number twenty two, Bingo Long. Uh, now here again, the stats: Bull Durham solid eighty two. Bingo Long, a 68, but an 88 by critics for what it's worth. We get to the plots here. Um, Bull Durham, I think most of us probably are familiar with. I think it's unique because it's basically a minor leaguer's entire career. (laughs) It's uh, usually like minor leagues is a segment of a movie, not the entire movie. But in this case, it is the story of uh, Nuke and his... His, uh, his career there. So um, Bingo Long, a movie I'd admittedly never heard of before. It is a comedy, I think. But anyway, tired of being treated like a slave by team owners Allison Potter, charismatic star pitcher Bingo Long steals a bunch of Negro League players away from their teams, including Leon Carter, played by James Earl Jones again, um, and Charlie Snow, Richard Pryor, uh, a player forever scheming to break into the segregated Major League Baseball in the 1930s by masquerading as first a Cuban and then a Native American. So very unique plot there. Um, I find this, again, fascinating because Kevin Costner is in like his 100th movie in this bracket and James Earl Jones is also in his 100th movie of this bracket. Uh, this time they're facing off against each other. They would come together, obviously, in Field of Dreams. So let's kick it off. Austin, we'll go back to you. Boulder and Bruce Bingo Long, what are your thoughts? Um, Bull Durham, again, is a, I think it's a very, definitely a more well-known baseball movie and is definitely a well-liked baseball movie. Um, Bingo Long, um, same as you, I've never, I've never heard of, I never heard of Bingo Long. Um, I watched Bingo Long for this exercise. Um, it's a good plot. It's a very unique plot. I like the plot line. Um, I liked James Earl Jones in the movie. I thought he was very good. My problem with Bingo Long is I feel like whenever the characters were introduced with a problem, the problem got solved really quickly. I feel like it never, the storyline never gave the problem a chance to develop. It was like, oh, the owner decides to do this. And then the first idea that the, that Bingo Long's all-stars come up with, that's what they're going to do and it works. So (laughs) like, I felt like the storyline was very rushed and there were too many times when the problem got magically solved. I like Bull Durham. I, you know, I get some chuckles out of it. I think it's, I think it's a good movie going on into the tournament. If Bull Durham makes it past this round, I don't think Bull Durham will um, last with some of these other movies that are coming out of this bracket. Um, But for the purposes of the first round, I mean, I think I got to go with Bull Durham over Bingo Long, although Bingo Long is a very lighthearted, good movie. I just have some problems with the arc of the storyline. Okay, going with the favorite, Ricky? Um, You know, I got to go with uh, Crash Davis here and and, and Bull Durham. Um, You know, the player to be named later. I I love that. (laughs) 
I love that when he shows up and he says, who are you? He says, I'm the, I'm the player to be named later. This guy spent 19 years in the minors. He actually broke the home run record with 247 home runs in the minors. You know, that's a long time to be in the minor or whatever it was, the amount of years he was, but yeah. 247 uh, home runs to, to break in, in the minors. That, that's kind of pretty funny. But, you know, I, I grew up watching Richard Pryor movies. Uh, Richard Pryor was one of those guys that was cast in a lot of movies, a lot of comedies, uh, uh, he's always going to make uh, things light, but he's also uh, had some uh, pretty good movies. You know, uh, this was one of those movies that you could either like or you could hate. For some reason, uh, I don't know what it is. I, I think sometimes, I think we've talked about this earlier. Um, sometimes like these casts, they, they don't get the, the publicity or maybe they don't get the push. Um, this movie was, was an okay movie, probably... Um, doesn't stand up with the since it's a later movie doesn't kind of stand up with with movies of today so but i'm gonna go with bull durham i, I enjoyed that movie yeah i uh the, the two things i'll say about bull durham one is that uh i i think it teaches a lot of cool little baseball things within it one thing that sticks out to me about bull durham is when the catcher um basically tells the batter what pitch is coming because yeah. the, the pitcher didn't want to throw what he wanted them to that that like yeah. the, it's got little intricacies like that in it that i think are make it very enjoyable if you're a baseball fan yeah. um, i may or may not have done that once or twice as a catcher <laughs> yeah in your career yeah it's uh so stuff like that was really neat uh like i said the other part was that i just think it's a very unique perspective in terms of a, a minor a career minor leaguer you don't get that angle too much i don't think they went too far in depth as to the struggles of that. So those guys make like $7. Um, but it, you know, it, you got to see basically just playing in like Midwest towns for the most part, there's nothing glamorous about it in that regard. So Henry, what are your thoughts there? My official vote, by the way, is for both the room as well. I mean, you have two really solid movies, two different type of movies. One movie's fun. One's a little more serious. Um, to Corey's point earlier, Sugar was probably, you know, based off of Bulldorum a little bit. Um, we still need a really good minor league movie, I think. Um, but mm -hmm. in terms of just which movie was a little more enjoyable, probably Bill Borum, so that, that'll get my vote here. Okay, so there you go. So our first round here is wrapped up. We, we did it just over two hours, so we almost made it. Um, well, we, do I, have some, we have some maintenance here. We have two movies. Yeah, so what I want to do with that is let's throw it to Baseball Life as the tiebreaker. You know, we'll set up two different polls. We'll say that they got tied. Uh, we'll have Baseball Life vote on it. I'll make a deadline of, uh, we'll say, Wednesday, end of day. I don't want it to vote all week, but uh, we'll give it a couple days. Give it 24 hours at next time. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give it we'll, – we'll have it set posting Monday, and we'll close it at the same time on Tuesday. Um, so we'll get those two passed on. We'll figure out those matchups. Henry, do you have the bracket as is? Yeah, yeah it's filled out okay. already. I'll send it to Ricky. Okay, so we will post the bracket. We will post the two tiebreakers we have going. Um, thank you very much to Austin and Ricky. I know this was a marathon. Uh, <laughs> thank you for coming on Talking Baseball. Really appreciated having you. Um, next week, one week from today, 7 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to finish this up, the final 16 baseball movies. Jason Brooks from the Workshoot uh, Wrestling Podcast on Thursdays, is going to come on as a guest, and so is Randy Hammond from the Audible on Tuesdays in Football Life. 
So they're going to come on, finish this up with us. They'll be our two guests. We will see if we get Rob back or not. Um, if not, either way, we'll take in that, like we've been doing the crowd consensus. That was a lot of fun. And we will, uh, we'll see you guys next week again. Thank you to Ricky and Austin. This has been Dong City. Everybody have a great night. Dong City, bitches. <laughs>